couple weeks off to go and get my ass married and become a full (laughs) ass fucking wife. So I actually, I'm so excited that this is the last one because we do have a guest. I'll share who she is in a second. I'm so excited for the conversation we're about to have, but just quick energy update, Kristen, what's popping over there? I have to say though, when we first hopped on just Lexi and I, before our guest popped in, I was like, hang on a second. Are you getting married next week? I you said it so happening. like concerned, like she was, was, she was, her tone was low and she was just like, are you getting married next week? <laughs> and I was like, I was yeah. like, I feel like a piece of me is leaving and I'm like, oh my God, but no, this is going to be amazing. I'm so happy. I'm so excited for you. I just put it in my calendar too, to make sure I don't forget because I'm looking at my calendar right now and I go, it's literally April next week. I feel like she's getting married on April 1st. It went by I'm so fast. So excited. So my energy update is just sending a lot of love your way and manifesting an easy week. I'm so excited for you. I know it's probably insanely hard to have an easy week leading up to a wedding, but I have so much trust that you're that chill bride that you say you are and things are going to be amazing. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking of you throughout this whole next week and a half. And I'm so excited that we've got one more episode before you get whisked away and turned into a wife. How are you? I know I'm good. Speaking of like the easy bride thing. It's so funny. (laughs) Like I'm like, I'm a week out, a week and a half out. I was like sitting on my bed after meditation today and I was just thinking that a year ago I was like not stressed. And then six months ago I was not stressed. And I was like, yeah, whatever, we're doing this, we're doing that. And then we get to this point. And like I said on last episode, I'm like, this is just how I've handled stress my whole life. I just haven't right. handled it. Right. Like I just don't feel it. Um, right. although I might need to, or maybe I should. And I was just sitting on my bed and I was just like, wow, week out. I was like, I'm not fucking stressed because I just it's almost like I refuse to be except for when I'm in front of my fiance sometimes I'm just like yeah like I try to like pretend a little bit that I'm stressed because he he is like I just don't want his head to blow up if I'm like oh babe I'm fine or it's fine he'll be like we're not fucking fine right Um, Right. so yeah I it is what it is it's going to be beautiful it's out of our control at this point and it's just not I'm not in the business of controlling other humans actions I love that for you. She's so cool, <laughs> calm and collected. I'm going to text you next week this time. And you're going to be like, what yeah. am I doing? What's yeah, happening? Totally. And I made it a point to already schedule a yoga class the day of, yeah. and my good friend Ava, who our guest knows as well, is going to be doing a breathwork and meditation session. So we're yeah. good for, um, the holistic wellness aspect on the day of. So that kind of brings me oh. into introducing our guest when Kristen and I first recorded our episode together. So it was that first wellness of the hot mess when Kristen brought me on. Um, Claudia Germuga and I have been Instagram friends for a long time, but she reached out and I think was just like, yeah, this looks awesome, blah, blah, blah. And that's just the support that we give each other and have since I think we met online. Um, So I remember just immediately being like, oh, you have to be on. So I know that was kind of anticlimactic because it came out, but our guest is Claudia Germuga. She is a breathwork and meditation facilitator. She's a fitness instructor um, and just an overall wellness expert and badass. And I just want to welcome you to Wellness for the Hot Mess. 
Yeah, welcome. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to chat all things of wellness and breath work and soul alignment. Yeah. Before we get into the juicy stuff, I have to say, not only is your Instagram page so aesthetically pleasing, but your apartment, you're in New York, right? New York City. I am. I am. Your apartment. Like, how did you do that? Cutest little thing. The background, I'm like, it looks like a storybook, cookbook, like girl on the farm type. And I'm like, I would never guess you're in the middle of a crazy city. Oh my gosh. My apartment is my sanctuary. I stayed here throughout the whole pandemic. Yeah. I actually um, moved into my studio. She's a cute little thing. She's, she's not big. Everyone's always like, cause I, I teach my fitness from my, from my studio. Everyone's always like, I love your kitchen. Or like, I think that they think that it's like giant, but it's, it's, it's just, you know, five walls, one bathroom. Like, that's it. That's it. Whenever I, I start to get like bougie about where I'm teaching or where I'm recording, I think of you because I'm yeah. like, Claudia has built this amazing recording studio that looks like a sanctuary. It, it the does. way that you've just decorated, it just, it looks like you have all these different themes that you bring into the room to switch up the energy, which I'm sure yeah. you're an expert, an expert on, and we're going to talk about energy, but every time time you post something, whether it's breath work or meditation or fitness, I feel like the mood changes in the background, but you're in the same four walls every time you I do love it. Right? The, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, and I'm, I'm usually facing my kitchen just cause I mean, I don't have, like, I legitimately don't have a blank wall to film against. Like yeah. there are no blank walls. Yeah. So I'm usually just facing my kitchen. So I love that that is, um, how the content is received. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's always different. Like when you're watching then. Right. It is beautiful. I'm beautiful. So I just want to know a little bit more about you outside of breathwork, meditation, energy work, and the whole mindfulness space. Um, because, and this is the why behind that is because to get to where you are when you're educating people on basically just how to be. And we talk about that a lot on the podcast, like mm-hmm. be the being of this human experience is going to make the doing so much more flowy, right? It's not going to, you're not going to get a headache from having a busy day because if you're being like who you were made or to, were sent here to be, then it's going to feel energizing. So I know you have a lot going on. So I just kind of want to know a little bit about like where you're from, your upbringing. Um, like what were you, what were you really into as a young Claudia? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, let's go back. <laughs> um, so I'm originally from upstate New York, um, from a small town between about like Buffalo and Rochester. So kind of close to Niagara Falls. Um, New York is big. Everyone's always like, when I say upstate, they think that I'm just like a train ride away, yeah. but it's like a seven hour train wow. ride away. Wow. Um, so that's where I'm from. Have always had the four seasons. I've always had, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of rural country out where I'm from. So I grew up as an only child, which really shaped my experience in terms of the amount of time or like how I just spent time in my head and in my body. Mm. Um, And I was always performing from a young age. I was always creating from a young age. Um, I'm I'm honestly surprised that I'm not an author because I must have authored about, you know, 
800 different novels and oh. illustrated them. So I was always drawing, cool. um, playing, creating and all of that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Cool. Were you, were, yeah, I was going to say, oh my God, that was my next and question. Dancing. That was my next question. I'm like, where is your background in dance or is your background um, like in, in a more popular sport? But I, I had a feeling that it was some type of team thing. Yeah, no, my background is in dance. Wow. Um, I danced on a horseback road growing up. I had a brief stint of um, volleyball. JV volleyball, <laughs> but that's where the team sports ended for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I was always a dancer and I started to decide to pursue it professionally around like seventh or eighth grade was kind of where that shift came in for me. And then I graduated and I went to college for dance. Wow. Nice. Where did you go to college? Were you in New York City for college? Yes, I moved here. Um, I went to NYU for college. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, quick three-year program. Yeah, and absolutely. We were out dancing in the city. Love that, yeah. I feel like so many people I know personally that have moved to the city for dance and theater, um, a lot of them do end up in the fitness space again. And I feel like it is that like circle back of when you were younger growing up, whether it was dancing, team sport, individual sport, what is kind of, what was your way back into fitness? Cause I know Lexi and I talk about, we were both athletes growing up, like hardcore volleyball player, swimmer, she was softball mm. player. So we definitely like had hardcore sports in our veins. And that's kind of what brought us back to fitness was that athlete mindset. So curious about your journey coming into fitness and teaching it now. Yeah, absolutely. I really relate to that athlete mentality. Mm. I think that dance is very much an athletic sport um yeah. except that it's an art mm -hmm. um so there's totally. there's no winning or losing un unfortunately for our egos yeah <laughs> or fortunately or the part of us that, <laughs> yeah yeah fortunately or the part of us that seeks validation but um right. yeah that that athlete mentality has really stuck with me and um just the rigor and the sense of connecting to your own physical prowess and like that expression of yourself and mm -hmm. your power I think is something that I've always sought out and I think for any anyone who has stuck with any sport or athletic endeavor throughout their life it's like once it's in you you don't really know how to like exist without some place to funnel that energy it just mm -hmm. is a part of you and it needs to come out some way and and I think a lot of times, like if it doesn't come out, it can become really destructive if it stays inside of you. Mm -hmm. um, but I basically got into fitness for all the wrong reasons. What are let's those wrong reasons? <laughs> I need just, to know. Let's just Do be upfront about it. Absolutely. Um, you know, as, as a dancer, there's a lot that goes in the industry, a lot of body image. Um, mm -hmm. I lived a disembodied life for a majority of my life and I really got into fitness as a way to stay in shape as a way to earn income and keep my body in check um honestly there was no way that I was ever going to achieve in my mind in younger Claudia's mind there was no way that I was ever going to achieve the industry ideal unless I was like legit legitimately forced to take three spin classes yeah. a day like I had to do that because I had to show up because it's my job and mm. then I needed to go dance and that amount of activity I decided would had to help me achieve the ideal or the standard of beauty that I was seeking or I thought that would bring me success so I got into it for all the wrong reasons and 
thought mm. that having a career in it would hold me accountable. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And we we speak about that too, is like coming from playing sports and having to work out every single day, twice a day since we were five, like, yeah. you know, to going off on our own after college, after high school, whatever it was, and then being like, oh shit, I'm not working out as much. My body is changing, right? I'm partying a little bit more. I'm doing the whole college thing. And I think a lot of people listening can relate to just the changes of the body. It's like, yes, the body changes because that's just how life works, but also your lifestyle changes, your, your mindset changes, right? The things that are important to you for keeping that college scholarship or staying on the dance team, or, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe getting booked in that show, the things that were kind of keeping you quote unquote in check. Cause I know you're very um, specific about words when it comes to the body. And I love that so much. I want to touch on that next, but keeping the quote unquote body in check, we had to do those things to live the lifestyle that we wanted to live or that we were kind of just living, whether it was our choice or not. Um, so I do want to, you know, go to the, go to the moment with you, like that you were like, wow, I'm treating my body like shit. And I need to come back to this intention and come back to my heart and like, treat it like I would treat someone I love so much. Cause I know you speak about, and you post about, you know, just treating your body, like, like your own little sanctuary. And how did you get from keeping your body in check to where you are now? Yeah, there was so much um, control that Mm. I exhibited around my body. And I mean, it's a bit of a segue, whether that was really for my body or really Mm. for my mind and my Mm -hmm. emotional management. Um, Was it really about dance and being successful there? Or was it really about something in my past that I hadn't processed? But, you know, I think that... I mean, the turning point was the universe legitimately was like, you're not going to keep going down this path. Like you're not going to stop until your behavior is forced to turn around the other way. I had a really pretty severe stress fracture in my tibia that I did not feel until it was like already calcifying over. And I was in a ballet class and I like, I was jumping on it. I didn't feel anything. I just lost control of like, I couldn't land my turns anymore. Like I couldn't decelerate the pirouettes. Mm. I couldn't stop that rotating momentum. I was like, what is happening? Like, what is wrong? And just had this bump on my shin. Um, but basically I had a really bad stress fracture and she did not want to heal. She did not want to get better. And that was because I had not been menstruating correctly. I had not mm. been nourishing myself. My body had no raw materials with mm. which to rebuild that bone with. And I had to um, go to acupuncture and do a deep dive into Chinese medicine in order to see any headway on those x-rays. It was awful, like walking around in a boot. I was working front desk at SoulCycle at the time, literally couldn't ride with anyone, couldn't be in that community, couldn't go to dance class. It was Oh, it was a reality check for me when I used movement as a just like therapy for Mm -hmm. so long and 
that that got ripped out from under you. So now, now what do you have to confront since you can't really run from it anymore? So that injury really made me look at like, oh, this isn't gonna get better unless like the herbs and acupuncture will do so much. But if I am constantly my own worst enemy and I am constantly at war with my body, like this is never gonna heal. Like I have to believe in myself to heal. And if I don't believe in that, like Mm. it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Wow. I love that you use Chinese medicine and turn to acupuncture. I'm actually studying right now. I'm getting my doctorate in Chinese medicine, acupuncture. Yeah. And it all came out. It all stemmed from a back injury for me. I actually used to teach at soul cycle full time and I had really messed my back up. And that's kind of, it's crazy because I feel like so many of us go through that pivotal moment that a lot of the time it's our body kind of at war with us. People Mm -hmm. look at us, these fitness people as unstoppable and invincible and all of these things that we feel like at the end of the day, we're like, we're just tearing ourselves down. I'm curious as you're speaking through that transition and change. Now you're in such a different place with movement. I want to kind of play like the devil's advocate. Do you ever look back on that version of Claudia who was so intense in fitness and dance and had this crazy lifestyle? Do you ever miss that version of you? Because I know I've been through so much with my body, but there are days where I'm like, I really do miss that girl who hustled so hard and taught through soul cycle classes and was on this crazy grind, even though I know I'm happier, healthier now, but there are moments where like, I get, I get embarrassed to admit that I do sometimes think about her and I'm like, wow, I, I do miss that hustle lifestyle. I'm curious how you feel about that. Yeah. 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 I relate to that. Um, that part of me speaks up and yeah. talks to me all the time. Um, but I've had to just really let her be seen and like, let her say her part. And a lot of times it's, it's, you know, that competitive edge in us, like I can keep up. I can do that. Like I can perform. Um, I think that it's like, it's like that urge that really like gets me. It's like that desire to really go above and beyond and, Mm -hmm. and be the athlete, right? Like it's, it's Mm -hmm. really from that place that I think that she comes back in, um, and that desire and that drive to like be, be, um, elite, I guess. Totally. Um, but I have to just sit her down and, and tell her that <laughs> it's, you know, it's a bit of a fantasy. I think a lot of times that, 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 that world that she dreams of like doesn't really exist or it, it might not exist in a way that you could ever sustain or be well. And so, yeah, there's no need to pursue it. Yeah. Totally. That's something that I think a lot of people now are shifting into from the wellness space is like, rather than being elite and showing up and no matter what, and we're doing 75 hard all fucking year long. And, you know, we're pushing ourselves because our mindset, we, we always, we knew, and we thought that our mindset could get us everything we wanted, Mm -hmm. but with just using the mind to get us everything we wanted, because I've spoke on this podcast and just in general, the mind is so powerful. It can 
but if the body is not connected and then if we want to bring in the spirit it's not connected or the spirit doesn't want what the mind wants that's when these things happen mm -hmm. that's when these injuries happen or that's when you know all of a sudden some gnarly thing happens in your life but to slow you down and to say hey like it's time to really connect and i think that the wellness space is really shifting into this mindful embodied intentional place for the most part. But I think it's because people like you, Claudia, that are speaking up and are taking the time to create these really intentional modalities and um, classes. And you're taking the time to not only educate, but allow people to feel that their expression in their body, you know, can be just doing a low impact Pilates class, you can get to the top, you know, doing one spin class a week and then maybe four stretch classes, but because it's like, we're mending the energetic friction that is the mind and the body when we're not listening. So I just want you to speak on body wise, body wise is something I've been following, um, for, for a while. And I think it's just so brilliant. And so I want to know your why behind body wise and just introduce body wise to our audience. Yeah, so BodyWise is my movement modality, my movement method. Um, it's in online studio, virtual studio space um, that really offers you the ability to tune into how your body wants to move intuitively and the space to explore your own individual expression through your physicality. And it's really not about what you're doing, but about how you're doing it and your ability to listen to what arrives when you show up to practice. So the same way. And I, I love, I love honestly how practice, you guys will understand, practice can mean volleyball practice, dance practice, like, and that's like a different kind of practice than like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. your meditation practice, right? Like. And I love that it has like that too, like that faceted thing, because I'm very interested in, in body-wise, I really like to explore um, the spectrum between rigor and stillness and mm. um, how we can experience the fullness of that spectrum in our movement practice yeah. and what that spectrum means. Because, you know, my experience going to college for dance a huge part of my frustration in the program I went through was that I didn't feel that someone was asking me to perform to my capacity. Hmm. And I really struggled until I got to study abroad in Europe, until someone asked me to fully tap into my physical prowess. Wow. And hmm. it, it nearly ate me alive, like just this part of you that desires so badly to be challenged. And so I really like to be the advocate that says, I know that you can get here and I'm going to serve this thing to you. And I want you to meet it where you are today. And I want it to stretch you and I want it to expand mm -hmm, you. Mm -hmm. But I'm also going to be the same person that says, sit down, integrate, rest, do not do anything. Like mm -hmm. be still, listen, what does your spirit have to tell you? I never had a teacher that pushed me to my brink in terms of a way that was really good for me and like mm -hmm. myself but then also told me to lay down, to rest, to listen. What, what is the next step to trust 
my intuition and really like taught me that that ability, like that, dy- that dynamism to like be able to like instantaneously like shift, like upshift and then downshift. And that's, yeah. and that is like what I want. Like that is what I want for my nervous system for myself. And that's mm-hmm. what I want for everyone of my clients' nervous systems is to have that like, uh, like that instinctual ability. Like it's really wild. Like a really yeah, like it's wild, wild, um, wild feminine sort of like able to be aggressive and shift into that like fierceness, but then uh, almost immediately shift into that nurturing mm-hmm. aspect mm-hmm. and archetype of yourself. Yeah. It's like po- polarity and movement, right? It's like strength and stillness. Last week was my theme for all the classes that I taught and it just like came to me. And that's what I've been trying to just be more intentional with themes and class for people so that they come in. And although maybe their intention is to disassociate from what's going on in their life, which I don't think is the best, but I know that we all do it. I say, Hey, my intention for you. So rather than, so they come in, their intention is to disassociate. I try to shift and reframe their intention for them so that it isn't just to block shit out. Right. Because then the moment we come back in and we plug in or open our computer, all of a sudden our nervous system is going to flip the fuck out. Right. So it's like that strength and that stillness. So when did you like we, so Claudia and I did um, the same breathwork and meditation training. And I, we all three did the same online business program when the pandemic hit, which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is so cool. But so, um, and another point I wanted to make is for fit pros and entrepreneurs listening is like Claudia and I do literally exactly the same thing. And I I think it's going to be really cool when we can collab in person one day, because it's like East coast, West coast. So I know my why I'm not have to do a, a, a solo episode on like my why when it comes to strengthening the nervous system through breath and movement um, and meditation. But I want to know your why you kind of explained it just a little bit, but when were you like, yo, I'm going to incorporate meditation and breath work into movement because, and I'm sure you've come across this. Sometimes it's hard to, um, to get the people that are used to just killing themselves in a soul cycle class and then being like, okay, let's sit down for a second. We're going to meditate for just five minutes, just five minutes. And I see, and I feel their energy and I like feel them almost like crawling out of their skin. And so of course I'm mindful about it, but I'm also just, it's, it's, it's me pushing them as a coach in that moment. It's not pushing them like, okay, go leave. You don't have to meditate because this is making you your skin crawl. I'm like, no, you need to sit the hell down and meditate because you just overexerted your body. And that's not always a bad thing, but to integrate and to be still is where the transformation comes. And I know you do that. And I want to hear your um, perspective of introducing that to just kind of new meditators. Yeah. I think, you know, I got into breath work. So I mentioned how I didn't experience pain when I had my stress fracture. And the thing that really woke me up to breath work was that I had a breath journey, um, a psychosomatic transformational breath work where you breathe for 45 minutes, where I felt the pain finally. Mm. And I was like, oh, there it is. Wow. Okay. Something just happened. Like I was able to move through something that I wasn't able to feel then. And so that was, that is really like where things started to shift for me, where I realized that, you know, dancing, I, I, 
I mentioned too, like I wasn't really like embodied. Yeah. I had incredible faculty, flexibility, technical capacity, um, movement and body awareness and skill and like mo- fine motor control. Um, but like, I wasn't there. Like, mm. I wasn't there, you know, and in breathwork was really a thing that was like, oh, like you can be here. Like it's safe to be here. Like wow. you should come back here. And, and that's, and that's why I started incorporating breathwork and meditation into the movement is again, like, if you're going through that practice that is intense and rigorous and physical, but like, it's so intense again, like that, that mindset, the mind can get you through anything, but in order to get you through it, you have to leave your body. Like it's Mm. null and void. Like if you have to dissociate to get through an experience, like red flag. And there's just so many people that don't know to look out for that red flag. And I didn't know that it was happening to me. And so I think that just incorporating it into like having it alongside having it infused into what is more of the challenge in your practice is just such a good way to like keep that in check again I we attract you know what we feel or what we're feeling so I tend to attract people who live on that edge of maybe leaving their bodies Mm. often to get out of experiences in their life that they don't want to deal with. Wow. Yeah. I know as you begin to talk about working with others, I don't want you to give away all of your secret sauce, but say someone was coming to you myself, I was coming to you and I, I just heavily related to you on Instagram and your story. What would be kind of like the first process of working with a client? Cause I know a lot of people are probably sitting here like, this sounds so cool, but like, what do we do when we do all of this? Like, where do we even start? How do you work with your clients to kind of get them on the path that you found yourself on a few years ago? Yeah, I, a lot of people come to me with, I think that movement is an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Incorporating more mindfulness into your life. I will say that I really let people meet me where they're at. Yeah. It's kind of like a big open arms. And what I love about the platform is that there's a little bit of everything on there. And I want you to land where your curiosity takes you because in fitness, oh my gosh, it's just so freaking exhausting. The plans, the splits, the 30 day calendars, the do what this YouTuber is doing. Like it literally makes my skin crawl. Mm -hmm. People just shoving themselves into these boxes because they want to look like somebody, they want to feel a certain way. And everyone is just promising them that Mm -hmm. if they do five days of 45 minute classes, they will look, feel and transform. And I'm just like, what does your heart want to do? Right. Right. And no one is literally giving them the permission slip to just do what you want. Like I have clients who don't come to my condition classes. They don't want to, they don't want to do that. And that is okay. You can just come to sculpt fire. That's fine. So I really love like inviting them like into the platform feels like almost like a sampling platter where you, where it's just like, I want to give you the permission slip to go where you feel lit up 
because there's so much of the counter messaging that's like, look, if you want this result, you want to look this way, you want to get this happening, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And so the person shoves themselves into this without even questioning what is their desire? What even feels good? They don't even consider what feels good because, or if it even works with their lifestyle, because Mm -hmm. they're just being sold and they're like handing over all of their sovereignty to this, to this guide. Yeah. Wow. That's professional. I think that's where Lexi and I kind of, I started the podcast and then I kind of brought Lexi on halfway through because I just had this calling that her and I were on the same page with this. And I think that's kind of the premise of wellness for the hot mess is we're always changing, evolving. There's no one right way. There's no perfect way to be well. And, you know, we say hot mess because we have a million things going on in our life. And some weeks it is that high intensity week, others it's stretching. And I think that's so beautiful about your platform. And I think that should be reassurance to people listening is there is no one way. If one week you are feeling that sculpt burn class and you're all on it, that's great. And if the next you're like, you know what, I'm actually feeling kind of like, I want to stretch this week. Like, I think that's so important for people to realize that you, you don't just join one lane and that's it forever. You can merge, you can kind of ch- change lanes a couple, ch- change lanes a couple of times. But, um, that is so beautiful that you're someone who is on this platform reinforcing that. I think a lot of people need this reminder constantly. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't, there's not a lot of, I really struggled like with having to go to like a bunch of different studios in New York to like curate the experience that I thought I wanted, especially once I was on my healing path, mm-hmm. you know, like having to go to Katona yoga one week, but then wanting to go to like a soul cycle class, but then wanting, you know, to lift weights and, you know, and feeling like I had to go 800 different places just to get that spectrum of experience that I was talking about. And it's like, right. why isn't that just like curated into mm-hmm. one place where like, shouldn't that part of the protocol. I'm right. Right. Yeah, totally. And it, it goes to show that sometimes the people developing these spaces are embodying when they're not embodied when they're developing it. Right. So it's like, again, that intention that is so huge when it comes to anything is like, what is my intention? How do I want people to feel? Where do I want my business to be? What do I want the vibe to be like when they come in, right? Um, And I think we're seeing more intentional spaces that are being created now, which is awesome. Again, this wave of fitness, I think is, is definitely going up, but something for our listeners too, is like, be mindful of how you feel when you walk into a space and be mindful of how you feel when you look at someone's page and be mindful of, because those sensations are information, but it doesn't mean that that person or that business is a bad business. It just means that that isn't for you. And that's where the connection comes in. I think it's listen to the sensation in your body when you, I, I like, literally get sick when I drive by one of those gyms that looks like a CVS, like on the side of a street. And it's like, the lights are just so bright. And it's just like on the corner of a, it's like by a Starbucks. I don't even know what they're called. They're literally called like 24 step ups or something, you know? And my fiance is so funny. Like whenever we go to Portland, I'm like looking at different studios and I'm like, really, I'm going to their Instagrams and I'm watching the instructors speak and I'm going to their website. And then I'm like, okay, I'll book a class. Um, and this isn't taking anything around uh, away from him, but we're just different. He'll be like, well, there's a, 
24 hour step ups on the corner by the fucking dive bar that we were just at last night. Right. And I'm right. just like, I literally like, it like makes me have to poop. Like, I'm just like, I can't even look at that place, but it's like, my body knows me so well yeah. to know, like, you can't go into this place. And it's so crazy. I used to teach at this bar studio. I, I love it. It like basically gave me my career, um, not gave me, it ignited my career. I learned a lot from it. It was one of the most intense trainings, but now when I look back, I'm like, oh, that's why I'm a good instructor because they were just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, but now when I even drive by, or I have tried to attempt to go take a class before I'm like, turn these lights down. Right. So it's as simple as like the smell in the boutique. Is it a candle? that is yeah. my preference and it's not anything about them it's a beautiful studio so many people love it but I'm paying attention and listening to my body's response to that thing um so I want to talk with you because I I just love your stories like you'll mm -hmm. I just know sometimes I'll be like okay I gotta come back to that because I know there's like six but I know I'm gonna learn something right so what is that what is that is that like that's three minutes you guys follow her, watch her stories, take notes. But I know something that you've been talking about recently is just like, again, sensation as information and learning the sensation of your body. And it's something I've been teaching, but it, to be honest, it's something that um, I've had to really try my hardest to intellectualize the best I can for like the average person when I'm describing sensation and information. So just speak on sensation and information, just the best that you can um, for us and for our listeners, because, you know, it's something eventually I like want to write a book on, but I like sometimes just can't find the words to describe it. Mm. Yeah. I just had like such a powerful breakthrough on this this weekend. Wow. when I, I, I did a breathwork journey and then I hosted a breathwork journey and I was just vibing after, mm -hmm. you know, the downloads were right to come through. Um, one, I think that learning to speak the body's language, which is sensation um, and other impulses and energetics is just so important because you don't get to the point of breakdown before you start to change your behavior. Um, so it's important to like tap into what, like what that is or how to speak it. Um, Cause um, I think that you just said this on a podcast that you were on, like, it's not going to show up like English. You know, yeah. I think so often we're like yeah. thinking that it's just going to like appear in word form, right. Totally. Um, which, which thought is, is part of the body's language. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and we can experience but it's, it's like the human, language. yeah, it's like the human mind intellectualizing almost like when you start to learn to channel or you, uh, you speak with someone, you know, that is, is what are they called? Is an intuitive and they channel for you. And then I, you know, I'm always so curious and I'm like, what does it sound like? And they're like, it doesn't, it's not English. Like it's like flickering in the right eye and it's mm -hmm. like this and that. Right. So yeah, yeah, similar yeah. to sensation, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like all of those things, like, and, and the language, like almost like a code is going to be mm -hmm. different for everyone. Everyone's body is going to speak and mean like, you know, I have a lot of friends who, a particular friend who like 
she always somatizes all of her stress and it's always showing up in a certain place. And like, she just knows that about Mm. herself. Mm. And I don't think that it always needs to, not to say that it needs to show up as pain, but that, um, right. Like if something shows up, like maybe in your neck or it Mm. it shows Mm -hmm. up in a certain place in your body, like you're going to have an interpretation of that after paying attention enough times in context to what is happening around you. So it, it is really this, you do have to really like fine tune your awareness to be able to, mm-hmm. what am I feeling? What is going on outside of me? Mm. If that bridge isn't there, then the language that your body's telling you doesn't really matter outside of, of course, like hunger cues and, and those sorts of things yeah. where you need to get your needs met. But we're talking about uh, deciding if something is for you or not yeah. um, and that kind of language. Um, but anyway, the, the breakthrough that I had today and like, I'm really liking describing it as this, is that like the, the way that information is coming in and the impulses of your body. And it's, it's very similar to like dance it's there. And then it disappears. It's in motion. Like you can't hold Mm. onto it. Like you can't like catch it or similar to like, if someone walks by you and they have like on a beautiful perfume and like, you get a whiff of that. It, that is how energy is. Like you mm-hmm. are taking mm-hmm. it in and then it goes through and then it's gone. Like you can't mm-hmm. like hold on and keep smelling that scent because they're not there anymore. Like mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. a fragrance, but it's past. And so I like, it feels almost like an impressionist painting. Like, you know, yeah. impressionist yeah. painters like sat and captured as much as they could, but the light was changing. The light is always changing. And so the image that they're capturing was as much as they could, as quickly as they could capture a moment in time that was, you know, in plain air out in the open. It wasn't a still life. It wasn't indoors. It wasn't a controlled environment. So like how much information could they get down as quickly as they could in the likeness of it? And I feel like that is how our our interpretations of our body signals and sensations are Mm -hmm. like, you have to trust what, is captured as it moves through you because you can't pin it down. Wow. Mm. I know. I think that <laughs> the whole podcast we're just like. Mm. 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 <laughs> this is one of those episodes where I am having revelations left and right, and just like <laughs> no, breakthroughs no. left and right, and you just sit there and you're like, mm. I knew yeah. it was coming too. That's yeah. so beautiful, and I think that a good point on top of that, Claudia, is it's like the sensation comes in and then it leaves. But if the body received it and it was something that the mind in that moment was like, oh, that's love, right? It's going to come back. Like for your example with hunger cues, the reason why we know we're hungry when now it's like, are we hungry or are we stressed? Are we hungry or am I thirsty? Whatever, right? Am I dehydrated? But when it comes to like the hunger cues, we were taught at a young age, like our parents, I mean, my parents still fucking, are you hungry? Are you hungry? Are you hungry? I'm like, no, I'm not hungry. But when we're little, right. It's like, you're crying. Our parents are like, are you hungry? Right. So we connected that question with the cue. And so now that's something we were able to kind of depict throughout life. So similar to the hunger cue listening or whoever is listening, all of you billions of people that are listening. Um, I want you to sit with sensational cues, right? Much like hunger. And we're like, am I dehydrated? Um, sit with them and then kind of put together your own little dictionary 
um, you know, and be ready to cross off when you're absolutely wrong, but be ready to circle the sensations that come up that you can intellectualize that feel good and right in that moment. Um, Cause it is, it's like, it's a wild thing to have to explain. And um, it's just a wild thing to try to coach people through as well. But like, I'm so grateful that you're out here doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Likewise. I think yeah. that it's just something that we're out of practice with something that uh, no one has asked you to do before. So why would you be skillful at it? Right. You know, like, yeah. Like, what does that feel like? How often do people like, what does that feel like? I want your mm-hmm. honest description. Oh, it's, it's a warm tingling moving up my left arm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I will say, um, for people who have experienced eating disorders or disordered eating or any dissociative experience that has kept them from being in their bodies for a while, this is something that is incredibly, incredibly challenging to do because you have literally Mm. not been doing it for however long the disorder has persisted. So the more that you build that interoceptive ability the brain changes and your ability to do it changes. So um, it is something that we should and can work on and like grow that ability to, yeah. to be able to articulate the sensation um, that we're experiencing in any moment and where it exists in the body and like just keep fine tuning it and getting more, the same way with words, any words, you know, like you're like, you know, you look at like a building, you're like, what color is that? You're like, it's red. But then you're like, you get a little bit more savvy and you know, you're like, it's really like a mahogany. Totally. You didn't have the capacity to be like, oh, it's yeah. really like a mahogany, but with like shades of rust, wow. you know, like captured in there. And, and that's the same way with sensation. Like you're just like, it's red. Like mm-hmm. I know like, what it color it is. Hurts. It's different than green, right? <laughs> right. You're like, right. Yeah. when? Right. But then like you, you can deepen um, the the characteristics and the differentiation. Like why is like mahogany different than crimson? You know, like why are they different? But like you don't know that unless you know what red is, and then mm. you've explored red before. Mm. Right. Right. Wow. So powerful. Um, I kind of want to shift a little bit towards the topic, same thing with just being in tune with our body and learning about ourselves as we go along. You mentioned in the beginning of the podcast during your journey, one of the things that kind of threw you off and made you realize something wasn't right was missed periods and kind of your cycle. I think Lexi and I have touched on it just a little bit about cycle syncing, how we're both really interested in it. Um, personally, as a trainer, I taught at soul cycle for three and a half, almost four years. I teach boxing now, and I can't tell you the last time I've had a regular period. And it hurts me to say, because Mm. I know a lot of it has to do with what I'm doing with my body. And it's something I'm working through. Um, but it also hurts me that when I go to doctors, they tell me that that's okay. Like it'll eventually regulate. And I feel like people literally, people like throw it under the rug. Like it's no big deal. And I'm, I'm 27. And as I'm getting closer to 30, I'm like, this is a big deal. This is a huge deal in my body. So talk to us about your journey with cycle syncing and what got you really into that. I'm so glad that you are advocating for yourself and saying like, no, this is actually a really big deal. And like, I want an answer to it because I had the same experience with people just writing off. And I think it is very similar for athletes and female athletes that doctors are just like, 
you're young, you're active. Right. We'll worry about it when you want to conceive. And like, I don't know how to reinforce that like your fertility is not just something that matters for if you want to have a child or not. Um, Your fertility is legitimately a sign of how well you are, how healthy you are. If your body has to shut down reproductive capacity, which is the whole point of you being alive technically from a biological standpoint. Right. Um, why is there not something wrong with that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I, red flag. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever thought of it in that, in that way, the way you just put that so mm-hmm. black and white, so mm-hmm. easy for us to digest. I think so many people are going to sit here and be like, oh my God, how have I not thought of that? Well, I'll tell you why that is. It's because of the way that we're taught to um, prevent conception and our sex education is that you don't want to be fertile. If you don't want a baby, you're better off if you are irregular, Mm -hmm. if you have a low chance of conception. And so we spend so much of our lives trying to prevent conception. If you are trying to prevent conception, you are at the same time decreasing your fertility. Mm, mm-hmm. And so no one links those two together. If, if you are working on your fertility, like you're working to be well, like that would be a disadvantage in the way that we are taught right. to be with that, right? Um, yeah, I mean, birth control is perhaps like a topic for another time and I'm an advocate of everyone doing like what they need for their bodies and what is aligned for them but the pill interrupts ovulation right the menstrual cycle could be called the ovulatory cycle the whole point of it is to ovulate Mm -hmm. and that means that you are fertile if you are suppressing and disrupting and making it so that ovulation cannot happen every month. What is yeah. that impact on your fertility? Yeah. I think it's a perfect example of how much unlearning we've had to, our generation has had to do. And I think that the younger generation um, won't have to do as much, but they will have to do a little bit, but mm-hmm. ours, millennials um we have to do a lot of unlearning based off of the shit that our parents didn't know mm-hmm. that they taught us right and so like whatever they did their best but you know how many people i grew up with like my mom like this is probably the one thing that was good about her being super catholic is she didn't let me go on birth control although when i was like 16 or 17 i was just like i don't want to have my period like susie down the street doesn't have her period and we get to go to the pool all all summer long and not worry about it my mom was like no sit down you're not why do you need to be on birth control so but think about my whole friend group has been on birth control i mean i'm 33 my whole friend group has been on birth control since we were 14 years yeah. old. Yeah. And they're finally just the past couple of years being like, holy shit, what's wrong with me? These, these autoimmune uh, disorders are coming up and these just things that they can't really pinpoint and their doctors aren't 
able to pinpoint either, but they're still picking up their pills every month or, or getting the shot. And again, that is that this is a conversation for another time, but it just goes to show even outside of your cycle, there's so much unlearning we have to do and just do it, like do it. It's a great, it's a great thing to explore is like the newness of who we are right now, whoever you are right now, your age right now, like who you want to be right now, explore the things and the topics and, and the, you know, education that you want to explore because it's, you're inspired by it for a reason. So if you're inspired by, you know, the cycle and you're like, I don't know, I've been kind of off lately. Maybe this is something I need to explore. That's your sensation from your body saying like, go get it. Um, so if you're new to cycle thinking and which I kind of am, I have an app on my phone. And, um, so basically the way, the reason why I cycle think, and there's probably so many more reasons that I could do it for is that I know when my moods change throughout the month. Um, and I know when like, I want to go inward and I don't really want to be on Instagram or record a podcast. And then I know like after that, that phase, I'm like ready to just be the, you know, the king of the jungle. And I want to be on every podcast and blah, blah, blah. But then after that, you know, I'm more organized. And then after that, I'm a hot mess. So can you just briefly go over the phases? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. So um, I like to, there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can conceptualize it. And I, I just like to preface that there is like more of like a medical way that can be a little bit more confusing. And then there is more of an intuitive or like a seasonal way. And again, you know, the medical history has really informed the way that um, just that language has been developed around the menstrual cycle. Um, but I just like to preface that and that there's a lot of different ways once you know it that you'll be able to like orient yourself and whatever model anyone is sharing with you, if you are using it to better your health or you are investigating more medical things around your menstrual cycle and periods and um, fertility. But so we basically have four different phases or two phases we can call it. So we have our follicular phase um, and that is made up of two different phases. So we have our menstrual phase, which is your bleed, which is your period. Yes. And then that moves into your follicular phase. And this is where your hormones are rising, right? Mm -hmm. You finish your bleed and estrogen is going to start to rise. We can think of this as our inner spring. Um, so things are starting to blossom. You're really open to new things. Um, you're feeling open, vibrant, alive, and energized. Uh, then we ovulate. Our ovulation can kind of be seen as an event, or you can think of it as a phase, right? Because there's like a fertile window. This is your, this is when you can conceive. This is the only time of the month that you can be pregnant, right? Is during this fertile window or when ovulation occurs. And um, biologically, you're feeling on top of the world here like skin clear, magnetism on point, like feeling really social. Um, you can do some of your best workouts or you have the energy to do um, really more high intensity workouts during this phase. Like your, your body is really raring to go. It's feeling really strong and um, libido is usually 
highest that it is at any other point in the month. Um, after your ovulation is when we start to move into the luteal phase. We can think of this as our inner fall. So this is when um, PMS symptoms start to arise. This is a longer phase, so it can last anywhere from 10 to 14 days. And things are going to start to slow down. You're going to not want to like hang out. Um, that 6 a.m. workout might not really vibe with you anymore. Like you might want to work out at 3 p.m instead and that might just feel better um you're gonna get a lot hungrier your metabolism spikes so you're gonna want more nourishment for your body um this is also when we become more stress sensitive uh, so and our blood sugar is also more sensitive so skipping meals is really not a good idea during mm. this phase um just being on top of like your nourishment your stress management is super important during this phase um, so that we have less PMS symptoms and we're not kind of exacerbating um, or throwing off the hormonal balance mm -hmm. so that, um, that, that our bleed, our period is um, not as more symptomless. Um, and so after the luteal phase, um, your progesterone. So during the luteal phase, after ovulation, event of ovulation, progesterone will spike. Progesterone is what is needed to maintain a pregnancy. So um, I track my um, basal body temperature. Um, you can track it with a thermometer and that's really helpful to kind of get into the flow of estrogen as a cool hormone. So your temperature will be lower. Ovulation occurs. And then the sign that progesterone has spiked lets you know that you have ovulated and then progesterone will maintain high. And then thing I love about tracking my temperature is that I know the day I'm gonna get my period before the bleed even happens. Wow. Because if I take my temperature that morning, boom, I see a huge plummet in my temperature. And I was oh, like, wow. cool, it's going to arrive today. I don't know when, but today. Like yeah. last, So do you take cycle. it every day or do you just kind of, well, now that you know, you, you know when you're getting closer. So then you would start to take it as you get closer to your menstrual cycle. No, I take it every day. Oh, you take it every day. Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's um, phenomenal to give you, um, the information that you need you have like hard data about like what is going on wow. in your body you can add your symptoms to that um also tracking cervical mucus and in, in addition to be able to tell when your fertile mm. window is happening in conjunction with your temperature again you can't tell that you've ovulated until after it's happened so you need to use cervical mucus in order to tell when you're in your fertile window um if you are using it to conceive or prevent pregnancy but yeah, like I love knowing that this last cycle, like I went, I woke up, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go. I feel like energized right now. So like, I'm gonna go take um, an SLT class or a mega form of Pilates class. Cool. And, you know, lo and behold, as soon as that class was over, I was like walking down Broadway and I was like, <laughs> here come the contractions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta head home, like yeah. there they are. But um, yeah, so I just I just like that there's no surprises. Um, in the same way that you like, look at your finances, right? Like Holy, they, bad yeah. things happen if you don't open your bank account. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it's the same. Like if you don't have data, if you don't have, you're just like guesstimating, like LOL when people are like, I know I ovulated because my like right ovary pinged. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gonna, okay. Yeah. So like just having data and, you know, I used to always 
you're like, why are they asking me when I last had my period at the totally. doctor? Like, I don't know. I'm so like, offended. Right something. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't have a personal assistant to track that sort of stuff, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. no one ever explains why they're asking that. Right. Totally. totally. It is really important information. Like, if they're gonna like diagnose you with something, there is like eight million things that you can rule out if this person is having regular cycles or not, versus Absolutely. if they are not having regular cycles. So right. um yeah, like I I if you ask me like today, like when my last cycle was like, it was usually like around, um, right now it's the, the new moon, but like, usually it's like around there, but like, I couldn't tell you like dates. Like I just mm-hmm. track it. It's like out of my head. Like I'm busy. It's not like blazoned in there. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. I just like having the data because like, I need to go back and look at it every month. I can't like keep a calendar in my head. Right. Right. <laughs> Oh, mm-hmm. these conversations are so inspiring. Every time we talk about something new like this, I always want to look more into it. So thank you for sharing your knowledge on that. I think it is so yes, beautiful absolutely. to be so in tune with your body. It, it is so just so inspiring. I think yeah, and I was really having, a, go ahead, Lexi. No, I was just going to say, it's like when you were speaking about you know, just listening to your body and learning about the phases. It's like, everyone wants to be intuitive and everyone is taking these master classes on mm-hmm. how to listen to your intuition or how to hear your intuition and da, 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 da. It's like, well, it starts with the body. And like, when you were speaking about the phases, I was like, this is how you hear your intuition. Mm-hmm. Like, this is it. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love that. Like I am a huge part of my why is like, I mean, it's like, because like I'm a creative person and I want to like express my creativity. And I think anyone who has ever identified as creative or done like a creative project, like there are phases in the creative process and they sometimes suck and you like hit writer's block or you're like, I don't know. I have no ideas. Or you're like, I don't know why I'm up till 5am like channeling this out of me, but it's got to get out of me and I'm energized. And, and like, this is the key. Like it is the creative cycle. Yeah. Like it is capital T H E creative cycle, (laughs) you know? And so like, I just love it really helps me just connect to my body and like practice honoring when I have a, a block in my, in my life or in my creativity or, or whatever it is, just like being able to really acknowledge like wherever you are. And I really think that people want to take control of their health and like be more body sovereign. And so I think that this fertility revolution that we're having and people getting interested in like what phase they're in and really understanding their reproductive system, regardless if they want to have a child or not, um, is like part of Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Wow. I feel like I said, so inspired. I feel like I'm floating right now. I don't know about you. Me too. I'm feeling wonderful. Thank you for taking the time today. This was so lovely. Where can our listeners find you, interact with you, kind of follow along with your journey and reach out to you? Give us the best way to stay in touch with Claudia. Absolutely. Um, You can find me on socials at claudia.gurmuga at Instagram 
and TikTok were blossoming into over there. Um, my website currently is still enchantedbysunlight.com. Um, that is a past iteration of me, but that's where you can find it currently. Um, and you can also, yeah, just shoot me a DM on socials or reach out. Um, I'm always on there. Yeah, beautiful. I know you have, um, this episode will be out on Sunday, but I know you have a like really rad program that you just launched. So if you just want to talk about that really quick and we can definitely drop the link in the show notes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I would love that. Yeah. So I just launched a program called Strengthen Your Field, and this is part breathwork bootcamp, part empathic empowerment program. And it's really just a hybrid program to give yourself an energy upgrade for spring. Um, I love in Chinese medicine, you'll know this, Kristen, but um, spring is actually like two parts, the, yeah. the whip of the dragon's tail, right? Like you don't want to jump too soon. Like you got to right. ride the wave till when it crests and then move forward. So I really launched this program in accordance with that to like go in, clean up shop, like get your boundaries in order, like tend to your energy, um, get a sense for like how your own vibration and your own frequency shows up in your own body. And then like mm. the impact that that has on everyone that you interact with, like what, what are the ripple effects of you and your energy what is that dynamic? How are people mm -hmm. affected by you? How mm -hmm. are they affected when you practice working on your energy? What are the shifts that you see? Um, and like really doing that work so that if there is a creative vision that you are wanting to birth into the world, if there is something that you're really feeling called for as we move into this very expansive and expressive part two of spring and summer, like you're really grounded and fortified and like centered in yourself um, for that. And identifying as an empath or just like a sensitive feeling being, I, that's um, what body wise is. It's movement for feeling beings. Um, I find a lot of the rhetoric around um, identifying as a highly sensitive person or an empath can be like really disempowering, like yeah. stay away from energy vampires and like yeah. protect yourself or like shield yourself. And I just like, it's like a superpower. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so like, let's let's talk about the ways that you don't feel empowered if you do identify as a feeling being or a sensitive spirit or an empath and like let's have discussions about how you can get in tune with your boundaries and get in tune with what that identity means and that you can have practices and protocols and rituals that don't make you feel like you need to shelter yourself or cut yourself off from the world or that you're always constantly finding yourself in this rut of burnout or exhaustion because you never know where your edges yeah. are what's pulling on your energy so yeah mm. it's all of those things and I'm really excited to kick it off we'll start on this coming Monday the 28th but okay. it'll be open as a self-paced program to cool. jump in throughout April love that Awesome. Oh my God. Well, this is great. I already have um, the title of this podcast and it's going to be Masterclass Mic Drop with Claudia ah, G. I love that. <laughs> I was like, I, love it. I was like, I feel like I'm watching a masterclass right now. How grateful, like, so grateful. <laughs> excuse yeah. me, do I feel to be able to just sit here and listen to you talk? I'm dying. Hold on. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. She's at a loss for words. At a loss for words. But oh, really I'm quick so before um, we wrap up, hot mess moment of the week. It could just be anything where you were like, wow, 
yep, there's my humanness. What do you think? What do you got? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, Monday I had this moment where I was in therapy talking about a situation that was really arising, was really activating me. And then like, I made an action plan that I was gonna like, I needed to like reach out and I really needed to do some things before I had to head to teach. And then I got out of my therapy session and I'm like, okay, I gotta make these, I gotta, I gotta reach out and I gotta, I gotta do these hard conversations. So I'm like, reach out to this. And I had a friend that I had to part ways with, like send me a voice memo. My heart's like be, the way that any, any time like ex relationship does, mm -hmm, I was like, mm -hmm. It was just like this converging moment that I had to like throw my backpack on and get out the door and like go teach three high intensity classes yeah. at SLT. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, Woo, you're gonna be okay. Like sending voice notes on the train, like you're gonna totally. be okay. Like it's okay. Like we just need to breathe, like push pause. Um, it was so weird. Like literally therapy ended and I was like, oh, these things are just like yeah, explosion. Yep. <laughs> it's like, go ahead, put it to work, honey. Literally, yeah. literally. <laughs> it was like, here's some curveballs. Literally. <laughs> That's awesome. What about you, Kristen? Hot mess moment of the week. Definitely not staying as present as I usually am. I left for work one morning um, and I left the refrigerator door a little bit open. <gasps> oh, no. Right after I had gotten my farmer's box for the week. So I had some spoiled veggies, some smelly asparagus, some some milk, some leftover mm -hmm. food in there that I just kind of got home. And I smelled it as soon as I opened the door. And I was like, I really did that. Didn't I this week got to stay more present. And I, I fully knew as I was leaving, I was like, I need to turn around and look because I feel like the fridge is open. And I just, yeah, I went out the door. I went yeah. out the door. That door. moment that you're like, should I? And then you're like, I can't, your mind's like, no, you're going to be late. Go. Yep. 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 So yep. Funny. How about you, Lex? Um, okay. So this, this is a collective hot mess moment because I, I'm about to become one with my um, partner. So get this, you guys. I'm driving to teach 6 a.m. in North Park in San Diego. That's about 25 minute drive from where I live. My car breaks down on Friday. Okay. Whatever. I'm chill. I pull over. I call my man. He comes and gets me. We get AAA, blah, 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 blah. Fine. Fine. Okay. Saturday, he's driving home from his workout, um, which again is like a 25 minute drive, his car breaks down. So now we have no cars. We have a rental right now. Oh um, luckily cars are covered, um, but we will have to get a rental to drive to Tucson for our wedding. And I was just, and like my perspective, again, speaking about how different we are. I speak about that a lot on the podcast, but my perspective is I'm just like, babe, we're just in this portal right now, this transformative portal. And sometimes it just feels really heavy. And like a lot is changing because it needs to die so that when we get married, we're just rebirthed into, you know, and he's just like, can you shut the fuck up? <laughs> and he is just like, we're not in a portal. Both of our cars are dying. This is just the worst thing ever. And obviously he was like worried about like, are we going to have to pay for all this? So my intention with, um, a meditation I did the other day was like, I'm just breathing into like allowing things to work out when it comes to the cars and not thinking too far ahead. And so we got the text 
I got the text yesterday from him saying that everything was covered. And so that feels good. So it's like, yeah, cool. Cars have to be fixed, but um, everything's going to be okay. But he's kind of just been dragged into the hot mess moment today. (laughs) All right. I'm glad it all worked out. Well, we've all got those moments, but thank you again, Claudia, for taking the time. This was wonderful. I think this was the best hour of my week. So thank you for coming on. I cannot wait for our listeners to hear this episode. Truly honored, you guys. Such a pleasure. Yeah. Have a great week, guys.